Uh-huh. It's good to get a, a good throat clearing in before sure. introducing I, a podcast. Absolutely. Hello and welcome to the very first, the inaugural, the the episode zero one of ten thousand hours, a podcast, a really an interview series about craft, creativity, and putting in your time. My name is Grant Spanier. I'm a writer, designer, and entrepreneur from Minneapolis. I'm joined by yeah, I'm Vince Kochi. I'm a I'm a copywriter, a writer of all things, really, uh, and I'm also from Minneapolis. Uh, and we're your host of Ten Thousand Hours. Uh, you're you're going to be listening to episode one, and that is about starting new projects. Uh, very appropriate because this being episode one of our new project, number one, uh, this interview series. And you'll get the pleasure of listening and learning along with us because I think I speak for both of us when I say we were really yeah, flying by the seat of our pants and just figuring things out. So uh, Shooting from the hip? If you will, yes. There were hip shots. A couple of hip shooters, not gut checks, blindfolds on. Um, yeah, but I hope you enjoy it. Uh, we had a lot of fun a lot of fun making it. So, so yeah. yeah, that's yeah, all I've got. Yeah, that is all you need. Uh, hang on. It's going to be a wild ride. Um, <laughs> uh, I think there's a lot of value in it, and I think going forward, you know, we're going to get some guests on some specific topics. Uh, we're just kind of fucking around. And, yeah, we touched and, on but, all this in the episode. Getting into it. Um, and if you want to take that ride with us, I say, you know, find us in our website, 10khrs.co. 10,000hours.co um, and uh, you know get us on, on the Facebook on the Twitters it's uh, the 10khrs the 10khrs uh, and you know just let us know what you think of it it's good to get a little bit of feedback absolutely want to hear what you're thinking you know I know I know and, and hey thanks for listening Okay, what have we been working on? Vinny, what have you been working on? Uh, So this week, I was putting in some time on a little documentary me and uh, an art director friend are working on. Whoa. Uh, A a mini-mentory, you might call it, about a (laughs) a deck of custom-designed playing cards and the making thereof. And so uh, wow. we're we're trying to wrap the final recording on it uh, next week. So that's what I was working on. What were so you, you working s- on, Grant? Well, when you say rap, do you mean like freestyle rap? The final recording, <laughs> or are you going to be? I uh, mean, to like in the Poe sense, where I rap uh, on the door, mm, like oh. um, <laughs> gently, like a raven, Gen- a gently knock, yes. sort of situation. Yes, that sounds really interesting. Yeah, I kind of want to hear more about be that really as, cool. a, as it progresses. Yeah, you'll see the final um, probably first of the year or something. Ooh, baby. Yeah, should be yeah. cool. Nice. May, may I ask which client? Or client? No client. client, sir. No client. Oh, ho, ho, we, ho. we are the client. When you say you custom playing card, I think, are we talking, what are you talking about? 
Yeah, it's a it's a Yamamoto uh, year end Christmas gift for our extra special clients. And um, wow, yeah, Dude. and so he and I were he and I were the impetus behind this idea, and uh, the result is pretty cool. You should see the cards. He hand drew. He this guy hand illustrated fifty two different cards, and uh, wow, turned out phenomenal. Man, I'm really, really excited to see this. Yeah, for sure. Do you, do you guys have a holiday party? Are friends invited? Uh, no, they aren't. I don't think so. It's cool. just uh, significant others. All right. Well, so if you wanted to start dating, or hire me, you know what I mean? Oh yeah, that could work. Freelance. Um, well, that's awesome. Cool. What have um, you been working on? Whew, uh, well, hmm. Uh, so many. No, choices. no, 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 no. Hold on. That was not like <laughs> <laughs> trying to build gravity of that. Uh, I was just trying to think, you know what I mean? So, cause some things are just really not worth mentioning cause they're like either super germ stage or like so uninteresting. Um, mm. but as far as client stuff goes, a couple of identity projects and man, and you know, we can get into this later, but I've been very, I'm continually surprised over and over. I start these projects and I hit that little that first excitement phase, then I hit the little dip, and where I'm just like, "Wow, you you realize you're worthless, right, Grant? Like you <laughs> are so oh. incapable. Like what's <laughs> and, and I'm go. just like, oh my god, like I'm so bad at this. What am I doing? And then like I just keep like I put honestly, honestly, I put in the time on it, and I trust the process, and I get mm. through it. And now I'm like really happy with where both of those are at. <laughs> and and I was in a weird spot because I had to like tell the client on, on this identity project, I was like, Hey, like, mm, I'm going to send, I'm going to send you something tomorrow. And then tomorrow. He yeah. Says. Yeah. And I'm, I just wrote this big thing about the opportunity cost of excuses. So I'm like, I'm like extra aware of excuses right now. <laughs> and, and I was like, God, it's a tough spot though. When you genuinely are like, I was like, I'm gonna send you something tomorrow because I'm still refining and I just hit a flow. And I'm like, I want to keep going because I think I'm going to waste both of our uh, energy, both of our time, by sending you something right now. Cause it's not going to be where I'm going to be at. And then the next day happened and I was still flowing and you know, that takes up time too. But I, anyway, I sent him some stuff today and I'm really, really happy. And I'm so glad I didn't send it on Friday. That's awesome. Yeah. And so, you know what? It's easy to beat ourselves up about stuff like that. Postponing the deadline or, I mean, you referred to it as an excuse. I don't think it's an excuse, but in the end, like we're trying to give the best work possible, and if that mm-hmm. needs another day, then it needs another day. Absolutely. A few other things I'm really excited about. Mostly, not, mostly. Not. I mean, well, that that uh, that short that we wrote, or um, you know, Mean Woody, that two oh, weeks yeah. notice. Working on some cool graphics, cool sound design, yes. cool stuff with that, um, and some other film projects. You know, pitching some stuff. Just uh, we got this green room magazine stuff coming up, and uh, very just, like, cool. All, all sorts of stuff. I'm really When's excited the next about. issue come out? January. January. But awesome. that means it has to be done in like three weeks in terms of design yes. and content, which, you know. <laughs> Who needs content? Yeah, the, just wrap up the design. We'll fill it in with the content. <laughs> just, just a cover and ads in the middle and then ship it. This is the start of a very special project, to me at least, maybe to you as well. Uh, <laughs> maybe to you as well? <laughs> I don't want to put words in your mouth, but 
I'm really excited about it, and I'm really excited about uh, this being our first episode uh, of 10,000 Hours. I'm excited, too, and uh, special. Yeah, 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 it's special to me, man. I mean, really, 10,000 Hours, to me, is uh, is the culmination of a lot of my passions. You know, the way I look at, like, a film project or, like, a video project really mm-hmm. is kind of the, the culmination of a lot of different skills or mediums or whatever um, to me, which is really interesting. You know, it's like you have music, you have video, you have storytelling, you have acting, you have writing. Like, that's what I see that as. I see 10,000 hours as a really similar thing in that I'm so interested in crafts. I'm so interested in conversation um, with people about crafts, meeting new people, um, analyzing sort of our, I don't want to say productivity, but like our paths and our time and our energy and really our lives in a lot of ways. And so to me, this project is super, super important. It's like kind of, uh, I don't know, it's got a lot of my blood on it in that way, you know? Yep. Yeah, it's just got a lot of me. So it's um, it's really personal and intimate. And so, I, I yeah. That's, I mean, that's really well said. And I echo a lot of the sentiments that mm-hmm. you noted. And uh, it's especially exciting for me because I've never done anything like this before. Um, I am excited to meet a lot of people. I'm excited to see if we can make this thing fly. And most of all, I'm excited to spend an hour a week with you, buddy. <laughs> yeah, I got that. Uh, I got that as a as a line item here for for us to discuss. And I think we should divulge uh, uh, or dive into that <laughs> at, at a certain point. <laughs> Not to, whoa, 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 foreshadowing. Likewise, likewise. No, really, man. I mean, I I think we kind of both look at this as. Um, not to put words in your mouth, but I feel like, Hey, you know, we're on a podcast and we might as well like throw some stuff in each other's mouth. (laughs) Um, no, it's at the basest, what success looks like to me is, is doing that. You know, like we get to talk for an hour. That's great. It's a great excuse. And we get to meet some cool people. I mean, and I really think we should dive more into this once we kind of really get into the topic. Cause that's like the mark of uh, a good origin of a project. I mean, like Critters Go West and those things that we'll talk about, like really, it's where a lot of the the um, ethos comes from. But um, I think this is a good time really to jump into, when we're speaking of ethos, sort of us, yeah? Yeah, I like that. Yeah, I mean, so how long have we known each other? I mean, since since a, an intern for a day project, yes. which is really weird to think about, like so weird to think about. <laughs> We both interned for one afternoon at Fast Horse. Uh, out great in, company. Uh, Fucking oh, great company. Yeah, great guys there. And it was a blast. That was a fun day. Uh, strange experience. Do you remember the other two uh, I do. people? I do. And, and, uh, us? Yeah, I, I have not stayed connected with... Uh, oh, shoot. Do not remember her name. She was Margo. delightful. Yeah. Wait, Margo? Margo, Margo right? yes. Yeah, yeah, from Mankato. Yes. I have not, I've not spoken with her, but I did meet with, uh, no, not meet with, I stayed actually in decent touch with Megan Barrett from, who's at oh, Weber yeah. Shandwick now. Um, but she had ref, uh, referred someone to me, uh, last week who came in for an informational interview. Oh, great. And, and, uh, I went to a concert, Gary Clark Jr., uh, as I told you earlier, uh, last week. And Roy's friend, uh, my friend, okay, wait, my friend Roy invited his friend, yes. Sarah, who works mm-hmm. with Megan Barrett. Oh, cool. Small world. Six degrees, yeah. 
Yeah. And then Kevin Bacon was in the crowd too. No, yeah, Kevin was there. He was crowd surfing. He's nuts. That guy's nuts. He, he, well, he is nuts. You should have seen what he was doing in the bathroom. Oh, we don't, we don't need to defame the good name of Mr. Bacon on this cast, man. No, I I just meant he was like washing his hands and like everyone was not washing their hands. So it was like really like, oh, wow. And like, was he giving glances like, was he like giving disapproving glances he to was. the other patrons? Yeah, he was. Classic told, bacon. Not the vibe of the place, but I respected him for being him. <laughs> hey, listen, I, I want that to really be in the mission of this podcast. Hey, we respect you for being you. Is that a tagline? Uh, no, we have a different tagline. We'll get to that, though. <laughs> yeah, we'll get to that. We'll get to all things. Let's just put all <laughs> things off at all times. <laughs> at the end of the show, we're just going to scream the like 15 line items that we didn't get to. No, we'll just put it in the show notes. So yeah, two years ago was that two plus years ago now? Two plus, yeah. I was, well, sh- dude, two, I should have thought three. I think we're okay. No, no, yeah, two and a half. We're probably approaching three in the spring. Yeah, it'll be three in the spring. It really, man. I I wouldn't say this if I didn't mean it. It feels like a lot longer than that. It really does. Honestly, it feels like. <sighs> wow. I was like thinking the other day. I was like, did I go to high school with that guy? Seriously, isn't that crazy? No, absolutely not. Man, but that's cool. That's that's cool. Like a, yeah. And uh, we've done some other stuff together in the past. We've worked together. Yeah. My question, and yep. this is like almost like a, you know, we don't have to get too deep into this, but I'm, I'm curious, like, did we work on other stuff besides before Creators Go West? We must have, right? Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Um, I mean like before the summer, like, like, I guess th- is that summer where we started? Like, I think that summer is where we went from like, friends who like occasionally chatted and saw each other mm-hmm. to like people who spend many hours a week with one another. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we had started cause we'd start, did we start working on some other stuff like right around? I don't know. We, I mean, we're not there was di- a, cause there was a reason we were hanging out and then we com- came up with the craziest idea ever, which turned out to be the best idea ever. Creative the West. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and phenomenal. so was, uh, were the less conversations before that? You know, I'm not sure. I, I feel like they might have been. Like I, the think, I, think, I think it had started because, I mean, full disclosure, I think you had just like left your job. And yes. I think Left that's just a good way to put it. Yeah. <laughs> I think, <laughs> well, hold on. Now, now give some disclosure in terms of like downsizing company. Like, yeah. <laughs> like when you say like, that's <laughs> <laughs> Nothing scandalous, just the, the <laughs> oldest story in advertising. You know, you lose some clients, you lose some jobs. Really? It really is. Yep. Um, and I, I think maybe we got back in touch for, because of that. Well, and the, I mean, because I was at the origin, like the literal, well, a pretty close to origin of when you got that job at yes. that intern for a day, you found out about that. And I got, um, call, I got the call during our intern for a day. S- super cool. It really was like cool because you you were ecstatic. I didn't know I you, but you were just like yeah. losing your mind. Yeah, um, and and then I think we got back in touch because of that. And like I was starting to get some more work, and I was like, dude, overwhelmed. Need somebody really mm-hmm. smart. Enter Vince, and, and he called um, me instead. Oh <laughs> man, we got to get some like but sound effects in here. <laughs> I could uh, try. I could try it on my own, but you've heard me whistle. It's just. I, <laughs> Mm, sound effects aren't my thing. We're not um, gonna. No. <laughs> no. So, so yeah, then we started working together and then, I mean, honestly, I think this is probably, well, okay. I was gonna say this is a good time to jump into our topic. Um, it is. I, I think it is. I mean, 
I don't think we really need context for me. I think we'll get there. Um, but the topic, and I think we'll work out some of this context as we go, but the topic is starting something new. Yeah. Right. Uh, every week we'll have a topic and this week it is starting new projects, starting something new. Yeah. And I think it's obviously relevant because that is very meta of us. It's very, you know, <laughs> it's very yeah. heavy handedly meta. There's nothing subtle about it. We just started this project and now the episode is about starting projects. <laughs> episode two is about, is about doing the second episode of a new project. <laughs> Tune in for episode, episode three, three is about doing the last episode of projects. <laughs> oh God, I wanted to vote, but I'm sure I did in my head there. Um, yeah, so starting something new. And I think, I think, oh man, it is a, a really, 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 uh, powerful topic. I think it's powerful because like that has been me, especially for the last like four years. I feel like that has been like almost the theme of my life. <laughs> you know, I, I would not disagree with that. Yes. It's, it's pretty crazy. And I think it's where kind of we came from and a lot of people are continually moving into and it's, it's, not only a hot topic, I think it's an important topic. <laughs> there's sometimes a difference. <laughs> yeah, no, there's oftentimes times a difference. A difference. Ooh, jinx. Yeah. Hey, you owe me a Coke. Um, <sighs> starting so, projects, I have to say, one of the most uh, one of the most simple and exciting pleasures in I think in anyone's life. Well, I look, how can I say that? No, <laughs> so let's scratch that right away. In my life, it's. It's one of the best feelings is starting something new, breaking ground on it, and also one of the most difficult things. I don't know if you agree with that. Uh, yes, I agree with the idea of like committing to a new thing, but I think it's not difficult because it's so easy. Like, <laughs> oh, I, okay. I just mean like, well, hold on. It depends. Like, starting something new by some people's standards is like just saying something new. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, that's I'm just saying there's a, point. there's a definite difference the in between like what does it mean to start something in earnest? Yeah. And I mean that's a whole, you know, other like sliding scale of like defining that, but but I think I have you know, in the last 4 years I've started a lot of new stuff and I've like failed a lot of new things and I really have a pretty pretty good sense I think at this point um, which will certainly, um, evolve, but of like what it really means to start something new and, and when I start talking about it, okay, that usually means I'm starting something new at this point. Are you a while the, ago? Yeah. Are you the guy that starts something new and then tells people you started it? Or are you the guy that says you're going to start something new and then starts it afterwards? No, I remember thinking about like that whole idea of like, some people would advocate you tell people because it holds yourself accountable. I, yeah, I personally advocate for that. So I see value in that, but, um, only to a degree. I, I used to see more value in it. Now I, I don't like telling people about something until it's not like I'm like, Oh, I want to like sit away in the lab and pick at something until it's like perfect. And then I can show it to the world. No, I think it's just like the realization that, I mean, in a really sad way. Well, no, in a really honest way. Once you start talking about it to people, that makes it like a thing. And so like on that, on that level, yeah, that makes sense. But like most of those things will die very quickly. 
And like, I don't want to show people my new puppy until I know it's <laughs> going to survive. Honestly, dude. Yeah. Or, I, or at least like know it's got a fighting chance. I, well, that's extremely fair. And in, in the spirit of full disclosure, I asked you that question, but I knew the answer already. Oh, nice. And you are, you're the, definitely the type of guy that when you tell me about something new that you're doing, you already have like an example. Like you have it. Like, hey, dude, did I tell you I'm starting this new thing? And I'm like, oh no, this is the first I'm hearing about it. Yeah, you can see the whole finished product <laughs> right here. Well, okay, yeah, yeah, you're totally right, but not like the whole finished product. Like, like almost, it's kind of like the MVP style of like starting something new, but without getting into that douchey like startup <laughs> lingo and culture, which is like a total. I mean, let's not, let's not get cynical here, but like that's right. a whole thing that is becoming very trendy and. And I think that's why this is even more important. But yeah, I, I like to get something to a workable point because like, I think that's a huge issue with people is they haven't put in the time to actually develop the idea before they start talking about it. And like, I'll start talking about an idea, for example, and we don't have to dig into this because it's not going to be valuable to people, but like that, that holiday spirit, like that, uh, that photo series idea I talked to you about, right? Right. Honestly, I'm pulling, I'm pulling value from you at that point because I know I want to do that that project and it might die and it's like there's really not that much vested in it but like I'm kind of like testing it out on you right, right. especially because you're in my sort of I mean well I was going to say inner circle but no I mean honestly that's what it but is there's a like, big difference about who you tell like telling your close friends and confidants and telling people capitalized in quotation marks like the masses that you're doing something new um no you're, you're totally right I mean yeah but, but I mean, even, even that, like, even that, I, I don't know. I, yeah. I mean, that one's like sort of developed. Like, I, th- I think too many people get in the habit of like talking about those things. I mean, it's, it's Guilty, a tough man. balance. Guilty. It's a tough balance. It's a tough balance. It really is a tough balance. I, I guess really my biggest fear there and my biggest criticism there comes from people who talk about a thing more than they've at any point if the amount you've talked about a thing uh, eclipses the amount you put into it is like geez that's like oh my god you know what i mean absolutely if only yeah if only that if only that equation or the people who talk about it as if it's done even though they haven't done it yet yeah that that is a that's a plague oof yeah. yeah. So I don't know. But it's I also think. easy to do. And I, I sometimes every once in a great while, and maybe that not that infrequently catch myself doing it as well. But well, I find so, your approach pretty <laughs> refreshing. Uh-huh. And I think it's, you're definitely in the minority. I think more people take, uh, take the, the, my approach. Not that it's my approach, but yeah. the, the talk about it, make it, make it seem real to yourself. And so then you have sort of this external motivation to help you to help you actually accomplish it. Yeah, absolutely. And and that makes sense. And I think an important thing to note here, and it's an important thing I try and talk about um, with a lot of this stuff is like, because, uh, and and like personally, I write a lot of things that are kind of high level, kind of, um, I don't want to say motivational, not like self-helpy, but like, trying to kick people in the ass a little bit. And Mm -hmm. what you have to know is like one size does not fit all. And like, you can't just apply these things like, you know, across every, yeah, exactly. 
Um, so just putting that little disclaimer in there. But I think what, what we're talking about right now leads really well into this idea of like faking it until you become it and like creating something and talking about it that will lead into it becoming a real thing, you know? Which, because a lot of times, and when I think about like a film project or I think about, you know, all sorts of projects, it's you selling the idea of it, you know? Right. And, and sometimes that makes it real. Um, I think what we're talking about right now is not that. It's a lot of people who are just sort of mm, throwing words around, you know, for other motives, not necessarily to make it real or, or, I mean, maybe for accountability, but, but I think once you've made that commitment to like really just wanting to do stuff and wanting to see stuff through, which is a total different mindset, I think, than people who want to do something for other reasons, you know? I, I think, well, yeah. 100%. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, I think maybe good time to talk about the creators go west a little bit. Yeah. Should we? Yeah. Let's I, yeah I mean, let's just riff on it. I, I think because there's a lot of lessons in there. There's a lot of lessons in there. So I tell, think, tell our audience what Genesis. both of them. Yeah. What is creators go west? Creators go west is a documentary. Um, it's a documentary about four twenty somethings and their travels westward. Um, and it's not only about their travels, which was a two-week road trip that I took with Vincent Kochi. That's me. Uh, that's you. Uh, as well as our two close, close friends, um, Laura Fitzpatrick and Jake Woodbridge, who's the filmmaker yep. um, and is now the director um, of, of the film. So it's, it's about that, uh, that, that literal two-week trip. We it's took. about the four of us and the trip. Yeah. And... Which, yeah, I mean, which... And, I mean, some context for that is we, you know, we went... Uh, 5,000 miles. We went to the West Coast, we went to Portland, San Francisco, LA, San Diego, Vegas, Denver, back. We interviewed people and just startups, agencies, Facebook, Twitter, like places like that, and just talked to people about creativity, about geography, and about the differences between, between place, between creative, you know, all sorts of themes like that in there. But exactly. then additionally, we're, you know, taking on more content and we're kind of building on that story. Um, but I think that is an interesting case study when you think about the genesis of it. Yes, and how it applies to starting new things. And oh, I yeah. think that may be one of the newest things, if you can put it like that, that I've ever done. Mm-hmm. Uh, extremely spontaneous and, uh, at least to me, um, maybe bigger and more intimidating than any mm-hmm. project I'd undertaken in the past. Keep going. Like, I, I want to hear a little bit more about like your perspective on that genesis okay, of that. So you know what I mean? I'll take you back to the conversation. And <laughs> I've told you this before, but I okay. was like really on the fence about, about doing it, mm-hmm. about going. Mm-hmm. I, I didn't have a job. I was broke. Oh, like, yeah. Like very broke. Oh my gosh! Like legitimately quite broke. Yeah, I mean, we I think we were talking about like some like deferred payment plan at some point. <laughs> yeah, like, it was, uh... <laughs> or like I think I I mean okay yeah not not to like build myself up there but I I think like <laughs> at certain points I was like uh, all right so Vinny if I was to cover your guests your guests <laughs> there like you know what I mean because I really yeah, wanted so to you go. Were, you were selling me hard and you were you were making a lot of very outlandish very kind offers. offers. Yeah. Well, outlandish. And in the end, it was the fact that you made those offers that convinced me that I wanted to go. Wow. Yeah. Well, I don't know we, if we can get back to that, that another day. But, okay. Um, and so I was like trying to find a job. I was like doing the, you know, pounding the pavement, shipping out resumes, doing that thing. And so this trip would essentially mean like 
take what little money I have and like turn it into fuel and like take myself out of the job hunt for two weeks mm-hmm. and who knows what. And so it was, it was just really daunting. Yeah. And like we were like, what started as just like a sightseeing tour, essentially quickly, <laughs> quickly snowballed in, a, in this huge project that mind you, wasn't making any money. <laughs> What's the opposite? It was just, it was like hemorrhaging the, the small amount of funds I had. And so I had to like, I had sleep this nights, like asking myself, should I go on this thing? Like, it's probably the coolest thing I'll ever do, but can I afford to do it? And then w- the answer eventually was, I can't afford not to do it. And, uh, turns out to be one of the best decisions I've made to date. Wow. I mean, that's so fucking great to hear. I mean, no, really, that's so <laughs> and you, great to and hear. And when you talk about like the feeling of starting something new and that sort of like euphoric opening the package moment, like that was amplified by a thousand. Like wow. when we, when we rolled out, and, and log the first couple miles of that trip, I knew, I already knew that it was a great decision. Well, I'm really happy to hear that. And I think, you know, you're also getting at that idea of fear, which this is a topic for a whole nother show, but it's like the idea that anything big, anything important worth doing, like might not work. And absolutely. When you think something might not work, like that usually means you're onto something. <laughs> um, okay. Cool. I, I think that's that's important. That was really cool to hear. And yeah. I think an important um, jump from there for me, from my Genesis standpoint, is like one is the idea of constraints. Um, okay. A few things. A few things. The idea of creative constraints. The idea of of um, building systems and resources and networks um, in order to make ideas happen. And the idea of faking it until you become it. And, and these are all devices for trying they, to amplify the odds of success in starting something new or to make it easier to start new things or to make uh, it easier for once you start new things to finish those new things. Honestly, all of those, all of the above, all, all of the above. Really? I mean, the first one I think definitely ties into the next two as well. I mean, it, yes, all of the above. Absolutely. Like it, those things are so they're really a key, 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 key. So the first one created constraints to me, that was like, the genesis of creatives go west was was like so unrelated to the outcome not unrelated excuse me Com- like I, I think that's a pretty good word for it it's pretty yeah. tangential like it, it was i mean the original original genesis was hey i want to go visit wyden and kennedy i think i might want to work there someday honestly if we break yes. it all down like that is it okay changing circumstances, namely my sister not going out to Portland. She was going to go visit there. And then me just trying to find a new way to visit Portland. Right. You coming into the picture, us talking about ways we could make that happen. And it's just like, it's that idea of like starting down a path. And I really think um, of like moving forward, which is a really important topic to me, that idea of like, instead of giving into paralysis, instead of treading water, of just moving forward and pivoting from there. Absolutely. I think that's how good ideas evolve. And that's how... Honestly, I think more, I don't say more complete. That's really uh, more, I'm searching for the word, but like people, I think as people, we need to move forward because it it helps us find ourselves a lot easier. It helps us become more talented, more skilled in whatever our particular things are. And and I don't want to build that up into craft craft. Yeah. I I really do. I, I think like that, um, 
that posture of like leaning forward into stuff. Um, oh gosh, very Sheryl Sandberg, very lean in of me. Um, but no, really, it was just moving forward, moving forward, and then like letting ideas and things evolve and building some constraints. The constraint was like, I want to get out to Portland, really, and it kind of went from there, right? It it absolutely did, and I think we should take a minute right now because this is a per- you framed it perfectly. Let's can we talk about like what what this show is about? What are we talking about on a week to week basis? And by that I mean putting in time and what it means to put in ten thousand hours and what it means to master a person's craft. Vinny, you're right. <laughs> you're right. I'm glad. I'm, no, you're right. Like here we are. You're getting us on track. Thank you. Um, yeah, we're this deep into it and it's like, it's a good time to talk about it. 10,000 hours. I mean, loosely, I feel like we'd be, um, we'd be remiss, remiss to not. Yes. Yeah. And I'm, if I say something like that, I'm usually looking for some confirmation <laughs> that I'm using the word correctly. Hey, uh, part of my mission, let's use some words that people maybe aren't familiar with. Let's get I them, like you that. know, eh. a little, a little word of the day. It, it pushes us all. Honestly, it's not about being, um. Uh, bourgeoisie. <laughs> <laughs> that was pretty. That was a drastic misuse. <laughs> okay. A terminal misuse. <laughs> okay. So, but it's it's um this thing. It, it's based on an idea that the idea of ten thousand hours. Of, Malcolm Gladwell. Uh, it, it's it, well, it's not a Gladwellian idea necessarily, but it was popularized by him. Right. Um, with the idea that it takes ten thousand hours um to become a master of anything. Specifically, he was analyzing like musicians, like classical orchestral people um, in his book, Outliers. Mm-hmm. Great book. Such a great book. Great I mean, book. A lot of criticism of Gladwell. It's popular to criticize him these days. But I mean, regardless, he sort of contrarian, makes you think differently. I like it. I think it's important. And that idea has really stuck with me and it's stuck with you. I know we've talked about it a lot. This idea of putting in your time and craft. And exactly. And what when, does that mean? And, and stop me if I'm like putting words in your mouth again, but. No, man. We're hey, talking listen, about 10,000 hours. Whatever you want to put. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> we're talking about these 10,000 hours that it takes. We're talking 10,000 real hours. And I think that's where putting in your time, kind of like maybe the mantra of this podcast uh, comes from. And. How how do you make those 10,000 hours into real hours that count? And how do you put in your time? And what do you put in your time to reach that 10,000-hour mark? Yeah, and two, I think it's... Well, not two. I, jumping from there, one one idea is like that... Like framing this, not to scare people, but to like give them perspective and understand. Like just do a little bit of math here. Um 52 weeks in a year, 40 hours a week. So that's a full-time job. And you're not working 52 weeks a year. That's 2,000 hours about. And you know, yes. I, I don't know what the average actual, you know, U.S. worker puts in. You know, it's probably like 1,800 or you know, so. But like <laughs> that's at minimum like six or seven years. Yeah, we're talking like <laughs> we're talking long term. If you want to <laughs> buy this theory, if you want to master something, we're talking like it's a, like decade. a decade of work. Yep. We're talking a decade of work. And – I think the important thing there is not, we're not only talking about those 10,000 hours. We're talking about how are you approaching them? Are you enjoying them? What, what, like if you can save, let's just say, for example, you can do something, you can do a task that 
improves your efficiency or whatever by like two hours a week. That's significant. Or that makes you better by this much. I mean, right. we're not just talking about like putting in like, oh, okay, well, I put in 10,000 hours. I'm a master. No, I mean, <laughs> it takes it, like right. intentionality and it takes yes. effort and it's like the quality of the 10,000 per se exactly. is, is important. I mean, how real are those 10,000 hours? Like exactly. I, exactly. And if we're talking about a decade, I mean, and we're probably talking about more and we are, it's like, we're not just talking about craft. We're talking about the intersection of craft and life and how those things can complement each other, how they can be intertwined or not. Yeah. And, yeah. and like what that looks like. So it's really a commentary on life too. And I, I think the people we're talking to are maybe not necessarily as like into craft, but maybe they are, but it's just like the idea of like living a good life and finding a way to do what you love within that. You couldn't be more right. And I think that kind of comes to life in not only like, how do you put them in? Cause that's going to be a big part of the show is how yeah. you put them in and like processes and like best practices and little yeah. tricks that you use to Packs. like, yeah, exactly. Mm. But also why? Yeah. Why do you put it in at all? And I think that's where our most interesting stuff's going to come from. I think so too. I, I and, cause that's and, a question people don't maybe ask enough. Yeah, I know. I, I try to ask myself that regularly. I think it's part of being self-aware, uh, which is something I, show I value highly and I hope to become more of. But um, I mean, like, you, I, you as well. I think I've been on record saying like everything <laughs> is self-awareness. And, you know, it's just, yeah, I think like, <laughs> I think next to the Declaration of Independence <laughs> is like a word doc with Grant saying self-awareness colon very important. <laughs> Uh, do we want to talk about the kind of guests we're going to have? Because the idea will be not just us two hashing it out week to week, but but to have guests and really cool people on on the cast. Yeah, I, yeah. Well, okay. To me, I see I see our audience. You know, we'll see. But um, I think a lot of them are kind of in this creative culture. And actually, I think our audience is is maybe not self identifying right now as creative but is perhaps like thinking, I want to be more creative or I want to whatever, because I really think we're in an era of creativity of like creativity being one of the highest valued things. And for good reason. Um, but also one of the most misunderstood. So where I'm going with that is I want to bring people from the creative fields into this conversation because obviously their, um, stories are important. Their insight is important, but I also think, Oh yeah, so valuable, so valuable. But I think what's a cool opportunity for us is to bring people outside of that typical realm, which is not something that is done a lot. I see a lot of really, really cool interview series, a lot of cool podcasts that that are really kind of um I don't want to say incestual, but really they're just talking to the same people yeah, over and over. The same and people are on all the shows, the same people like and that's not a bad thing necessarily. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But I mean it is what it is. Yeah, I mean, th- there's a reason because those people have really interesting, smart things to say. But I think that there are more things out there that we're maybe not considering. For example, I would love to have a surgeon on the show. I would yes, love to have a pilot on the show. This before. I think it's a really cool idea. I, I, you know what I would love to have? An Olympic, uh, an Olympian, an, an Olympic, oh, yeah. you know, gymnast, somebody, because these people are really craftsmen. I would love to have a woodworker. I, I just think these people can bring yes. approaches, um, that are, so fucking valuable to our audience to, to if I don't even think we want to hone in on the creative industry, but like really on, on to these people, I think they can bring a lot of cool insight, fresh perspective that is 
really valuable. I mean, even selfishly, just to us, Vin. Like, yeah. It's also going to be really cool just to talk to him. Gosh. I'm, yeah, I'm excited. So I think artists, creatives, craftsmen, people putting in their time in all walks of life. Yeah. However it is they put in time and however, however it is that they are creative, like mm-hmm. even if it's not in the traditional sense. And well, I mean, I think we both feel that there is no traditional sense. So exactly. Uh, so we're tipping our hand a little bit, but we are, we are. Yeah. I, I can't wait. It's going to be, it's going to be really cool. Here's the thing, Ben. It is cool already. Oh. No, I just mean another show topic. Take a note. No, it's just the idea <laughs> of like, you know, we're like, we're all constantly looking forward to things. Mm-hmm. Like, we're never, you know, right you now. Think we're never cool. looking back, or do you ne- think we're never, we're never in the looking present? forward? Or wait, wait, we're never looking shit. <laughs> Are we no. looking forward and not moving forward? Is that the problem? Mm, I don't know, Vin. Now we're getting I, the weeds. <laughs> we're in the weeds. We're in the weeds. But I just meant, like, you know, sometimes we're not in the present. Yes, I agree. Uh, you know what? This is this is great timing. Um, another it, thing we're going to try to do every week. You know what I'm talking about? Well, I think I think the segue we're searching for right now is you know speaking of the present um, <laughs> is you know this week's uh, this week's weekly off topic topic is time travel. Off topic topic. Yeah, it is a little something that we want to do every week to just sort of you know break up the conversation. And uh, to just jump to a new perspective. And this week we're talking time travel, which I'm really excited about. And we're talking about future, past, present. And, and now here we are on time travel. Uh, specifically, I think maybe we talk about um, time travel flicks. Do you have a favorite? Oh, my God. I was hoping you were going to go there. Yeah. Mm. And so quick before we start, like you said it perfectly. The off-topic topic is a chance to like talk to our guests who are cool and interesting people, not for, not just for their craft, but for their like whole self. And this gives us like another Avenue to learn more about them. And I think that's going to be one of the coolest parts of the show is learning about these people outside of the context of craft. So just skip forward every week. <laughs> yeah. Just, just <laughs> go to, go to about the 45 every week and just forget it. And yeah, I mean, also, we, it's we like a, timing, but <laughs> I mean, yeah, we're probably looking at, you know, 45 to an hour or something. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think we're, we'll try to keep it in that realm. If it goes over, hey, hey, more bang for your buck. Yeah, if it goes under, you know, make the spread. <laughs> I don't know. Um, and it's also going to be like a mental mousse-bouche. Just kind of like cleanse the mental palate. Did you say yep. mousse-bouche? Mousse-bouche. It's like the, mm. you know, like the sorbet that you, you have between a, like a five-course meal. No, I think you're thinking of mousse Booze, which is uh, <laughs> a Montana booze. drink. They <laughs> okay. Hey, so back on topic time to the off-topic topic. Time travel flicks. You go first because I got a lot that I like. But you, wow. you, oh, you man, you're gonna put that me. Well, okay. Um, the, I mean, I'm not even gonna dig into like Back to the Future, which is clearly like sets the stage for a, a lot of stuff for me at least. But um, uh, the one that really like got. I mean, Back to the Future lays a great groundwork. For like, what is time travel? How does this work? Like, you know what I mean? Kind of frames it in your head. It's the and, Fisher Price, my first time travel movie. <laughs> yeah, just a delightful, delightful little flick, and a little Michael J. Fox, I might add. Oh, um, young and stunning. Oof, oof, Michael J. Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't know what that was. Uh, yeah, so that that's like kind of where I'm working from, and the one that really got me that I fucking love. Oh my god. 
like my obsession to no end. Well, to an end. Um, but <sighs> Chain Caruth's, um primer. <laughs> oh, dude, I was. You've you've heard about? Uh, me, was, I mean, that's I'm probably my answer. Ri- that was going to be my answer. Oh, really? Okay. Primer. So have we? We've talked about Primer, right? We have not talked about Primer. Oh, I didn't my. know until this minute that you've seen it. You know I've met Shane Carruth, right? Shut the fuck up. No, I'm going to shut the front door. <laughs> I went to his uh, screening of um, <sighs> Escapes Me Color. Color. Not familiar. Um, I'm going to look it up. Um, oh, it's Upstream Color. Okay. His most recent film. Um, yeah, so I, I mean, I saw Primer back in the day. Was turned on to it by some... Um, herbally induced friends of mine who were big <laughs> fans of it. Um, and I actually really trust their judgment. Cause like, I don't know, they somehow had like much clearer perspective and good taste. <laughs> um, and I was turned on to it. And especially with the context of the, of the, like the constraints, I mean, we want to talk creative constraints. Yeah. I mean, I can't believe we, we're getting on topic in the off topic topic. <sighs> what have we done? It I is, feel like we've uh, betrayed the budget? Are you talking about the budget? What is it? Seven K five K three K. You know, I remember it being 65K. Oh my God, you're so wrong. No, dude. no, 6.5K. Okay, there you go. Yeah, 7,000. Yep. 7,000. Just cleared it. But I was like, whoa, Vinny. I was way yeah. off. No, it's like no, 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 yeah. It's like nothing. It was like yeah. garage. Yeah, and sale the reason money. we know about it, right? I mean, not just because it's amazing, but Grand Jury Prize, 04 Sundance Film Fest, like highly acclaimed with cult, cult following. Cult following. You know, as all good. And so can I, can I just read you the cast list of this, Ben? <laughs> yeah, like, hit me with it. I'm just going to read you with a, f- a few things. <sighs> Primer, released in 2004. Directed by Shane Carruth. Produced by Shane Carruth. <laughs> written by Shane Carruth. Starring Shane Carruth and David Sullivan. Music by Shane Carruth. <laughs> Editing by Shane Carruth. <laughs> Budget seven thousand dollars. Running time seventy seven minutes. Yeah, I mean, yeah, he's an auteur. Am I using that one right? I don't know what that means. Auteur? Um, Oh, you're just being a douche and pronouncing it. Auteur, auteur, otter, otter. It's an otter. Uh, It just sounds funny to say. Um, Yeah, so he controls all aspects of it. I mean, yeah, that's an understatement. Can I tell you something about my experience watching yeah, Primer for the first time? Please do. Please do. I watched it with my girlfriend. Uh, Whoa. She despised it. She didn't get it. It was, and I don't Bro- blame her. Like, broke up it's wildly game. confusing. Like your relationship, apparently. Oh. Well, I'm sorry. That was rude. I don't know. <laughs> I, well, I just meant she didn't get Primer. I don't get her. <laughs> right. No. But I, like, she was just, like, over it. And I was, like, completely fish hooked. I, like, Went on this website where a guy like posts an audio track explaining how the movie works, and you're supposed to listen to it while you watch the movie. So I watched the movie again with this thing. I Whoa. read like all this material trying to understand it. It was like I felt like I was in a Dan Brown book, like <laughs> uncovering this puzzle. Like, and it was just one of the more exciting movie experiences I've ever had. And it was more rewarding for it. And just to like get away from like the crazy plot, it was also extremely well done and well acted and just like brilliant. Yeah. I mean, yeah, there's a reason the story worked. It's because the other things functioned as well. Like totally well. Yeah. (laughs) Man, that, so I, I I probably watched that, you know, 15 times or something. Like, I mean, in pieces too, but yeah. 
I don't know. I'm just so, so impressed by it. I mean, I actually cite that as like a movie that made me want to make movies. <laughs> yeah. I mean, no, you know, you want to hear a funny thing though. And maybe it's an obsession with time travel, but another movie that like reignited my passion for movies, um, Looper. Oh man. Yeah. How about like a very, was a consultant by the way with What's Ryan that? Johnson. Oh really? I didn't know that. How did I film. not know that? I love that movie I mean, too. It was like a, it was a side note. He wasn't like, I don't even know if he was officially credited. He like visited the sense. It's like the set. Once. Well, or I, I, no, no. Yeah, he Skyped in for he you know, had a lunch shot. with Joseph Gordon Lovett. No, he did. He, I honestly think it might have been something the equivalent of like him uh, meeting with Ryan Johnson to consult oh, cool. on like some of the time travel aspects. How about a really tight, like, in a lot of ways, very unlike Primer? Of it was just a very tight story, mm-hmm. a very like, and the time travel was like just a, a kind of like an ending note. It was it wasn't like a movie about time travel. Mm-hmm. But but that was such an interesting wrinkle. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it it wasn't. You're right. And that's I think that's the sign of a good movie is like it's not based on I don't want to say the gimmick, but like the kind of the shtick, kind of the gimmick, kind of the right. device. The more based on the story. Like but the, I would the say human story. Like adversely primer is very much a movie about time travel. Yeah. 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 It it's like the characters are more Subject to the device, whereas in Looper, the characters are driving and the device is like secondary. Perfectly, yeah, perfectly put. I think that's really accurate. And um, one thing I really liked about Looper was mm-hmm. kind of how the, um, it was kind of like a classic three act sort of stage <laughs> play oh, in yeah. that like each character, each of the three main characters carried one one segment of the movie and then very much faded into the background for You're the right. other segments. You're right. Like we had we had Joseph's character uh in the first act and then we had Bruce Willis's character in the second act and then we had the kid in the oh, final God. act. The rainmaker. Yeah. What a Ugh, what a man. twist. Like that's it really one. like man, you know, I, I think that's to me, that is the sign of a, a truly good story and a good film is when there is I don't say diversity, I don't want to say roller coaster. It's like just that difference that difference in emotional output and difference in pace and like sentiment and when i I was riffing on catching fire with you earlier about Mm -hmm. how great it was and and what i love about it is like the world outside of the game which is still existing even when they're in the game but like the story the act when they're outside of the game is so interesting in different ways and then you get in the game which is a totally new act and a new like set of rules and a new emotional high low like pacing it's like it's just a different thing and that's like when they all work together and like feed the the same the final outcome it's like wow, man that's magic yeah it's it's really it's like it's great to see and you don't even notice it happening while you're seeing it and that's like part of the beauty <sighs> nice off topic topic man great off topic topic that was a good that was a good one I'm put those in the show notes. I'm gonna put uh, Primer, Looper, Ryan Johnson, and I really got. I went down a rabbit hole of Ryan Johnson, which I think you should you should go <laughs> down. Um, uh, well, not I mean this is really not that deep of a hole. Like he hasn't <laughs> really done very many, but he did Brick, an earlier movie. Yeah, which I've is, heard oh, like very good things, but I haven't had the chance to see it yet. It's like Pulp Fiction, Tarantino. Oh, um, hold, on, hold on, hold on, hold on, no, no, hold on, hold on, hold on. Pulp Fiction Tarantino and Wes Anderson ask in terms of dialogue oh. wittiness. Dialogue wittiness. Okay, all right. So we we got 
Hold on, I can't dialogue. tell if you're a fan of this guy or not. You just compared him in the same breath to Wes Anderson and Quentin Tarantino. I said Pulp Fiction. I mean, it's dialogue, ridi- oh, okay. like ridiculous dialogue, gotcha. witty, witty dialogue that makes you think. Very banterous. Banterous. Super ba- Like, semantically confusing in a good way. <laughs> cool. Well, I, just as I'm being right now, yeah, I would, I would like that. I'll check. And it out. final note on that: I was listening to a Nerdist, uh, Nerdist podcast, and Mr. Chris Hardwick, who I listen. I'm going to try. Mark my words: we're going to get Chris Hardwick on this podcast. Oh man, are you coming? December sixth. We can talk about this offline. Yes. Okay. Uh, yeah. Come in. Get a ticket. Uh, <laughs> try. Going to try and pitch him then. Um, but uh, but um, they were talking about a movie him and Sasha Gray, which is. I mean, she continues to impress me. She's super intelligent. I mean, that sounds like, well, no, 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 no. I was about to apologize for saying that. Like, no, I don't apologize. But I mean, she was like, you know, like famously a porn star. And like, obviously yes. there's a stigma. And blah, blah, blah. But there I are mean, certain prejudices and preconceptions. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Fair or not fair, they exist, um, like most stereotypes. But she, I mean, she, she is really bright, really grounded, like... And so she was on with him, really smart. And they were talking about a movie called Time Time Crimes, and they were were so adamant. They were like Breaking Bad level of adamant. You need to see it. What Time Crimes? Yeah, Anthony Hopkins wrote a letter to Time Crimes lead actor. No, wow. sorry, that's a reference. He wrote one to Brian Cranston. You ever read that? Oh no. Oh, okay. Well, we'll just. Uh, <laughs> oh, I just dropped the ball. Well, no, we'll edit though, that out. We'll we edit that out to our listeners. If there are any out there, see all of these movies. I'm going to see Time Crimes. We should watch it together, man. Have you watched it? No, and, and I've actually been thinking about like when I'm going to watch it. Let's do it. Viewing party next week. Boom. Chip it. Chips. Okay. So back on topic. I mean, should yeah, we? Yeah, this, is a, we should this pre- is a good time of, for the last segment of yeah. our show. You know, do you remember what this one's called? <laughs> I like how we have little names for all of them. Uh, what is this one? This one's last called words? Last Words, yeah. Okay. Last Words. And this is where we dive back in and kind of like if we missed uh, something important about the topic that we wanted to talk about during the meat of the show, then this is our chance to like get in there and, and leave ourselves and our listeners with something important about the subject matter. I like it. Cool. So wanna, yeah. It's, you're up, I think. Uh, okay. I'm just going to riff through a few topics here and, you know, bounce around with me and I'd, I'd like to hear. For sure. We'll just go for a crazy wild, wild ride. We'll cut the brakes and we'll just see what happens. <laughs> Got a bottle of whiskey and a shotgun and a car and a. No, <laughs> yeah. uh, wait. Do, I don't add, oh, God. I don't legal trouble. For any legal of those. trouble. Oh, God. <laughs> no, okay. What, what I was going to say was where I was going to start with this was tying back to this whole Creatives Go West idea mm-hmm. and the reason we were able to find. You know, and I think it's a sliding scale, especially as you scale up your projects of success, you know, uh, of like, like, like you said, that was like a bigger project for you. Like that was, and I mean, me too. Yeah. But, you know, now looking back, it's like, okay, well, I kind of want to take off a bigger bite with the next one, right? Right. Each one, you want to take a bigger bite. But the reason I think that Critics Go West was able to find success, then if I or you, had an idea like that cold before we'd put in the time um, relationship wise and collaboratively 
and, and network wise with our people and, and with our systems and our, our architecture per se, as like weird as that sounds, like we just did not have the systems in place, let's say a year prior to do that. Absolutely. It would have been you know, impossible. Why, why did that succeed? Honestly, let's like break it down real quick. Sure. Like why did Creatives Go West succeed? Because you and I were connected. Okay. Yep. We we're, we're able to pull in Laura. We yep. were able to pull in Jake. Without Jake, we didn't have a film. Without okay? Jake, the ch- it was just a joyride. He was sort of a linchpin. He was sort of a linchpin in that, you know? Oh, absolutely. Um, okay, without without the story getting out, like we were probably mm, certainly not in as good of a spot as we were. And right. how did that get out? That was like through through people I'd met from my internship that summer, through Agency Spy and through Egotist. Right. Um who I had previous relationships with. And so like, I'm not saying like, Oh, because I had a, pre-, but no, because oh, like, yeah, we already no, had a dialogue starting. It's and huge. It, yeah. It, so, I mean that, you know, besides that, like how did that spread? Because we'd built up contacts because we built up people who were like involved in our stories and without those systems in place, this thing did not move as quickly as it did. I mean, it's sort of the idea of a connected system and the idea of like spreading, I don't want to say fire, but anything like it doesn't spread if it can't go anywhere. Right. And, you know, occasionally, you know, lightning strikes and, you know, fires start, but it really usually starts from a couple of small little fires that spread. And I think for most of our listeners and for, for most people in the world, like, that approach is the more likely path to success. And I think that's part of our conversation here is that like, it doesn't just like lightning strikes so rarely and perfectly that you need to put the systems in place for it to strike. You need to put the systems in place to start small fires and let them catch on. That is, that is a really great way to put it. And it's going to tie into what I wanted to say. Mm -hmm. And, uh, I think, you just hit the nail on the head with the lightning strike. Like it can happen and it does happen to people. Like you don't do any preparation and then like something comes to you and you just jump in and it works out. And maybe you take that as an example of proof. And that's the only way you start projects in the future is just like, wait until inspiration strikes. But that's just not optimal. And it's just not, kind of in my opinion it's just not the right way to do it like you got to set yourself up to be able to do stuff yeah i i it kind of it's like we're pl- it's it's really tying into the the things we we're talking about before with these worlds and with these frameworks it's planning for serendipity in some ways which yep. seems contradictory but no it's allowing space for serendipity and it's being professional um you know i talk about this a lot and there's a reason but the idea of being a professional creative, a professional writer, a professional whatever, is the idea of, which is not my own, but, but the idea of not waiting for inspiration, of getting to work, you yeah. know? And so how can we build better systems? How can we build better collaborations, better tools, better skills, whatever, to instigate that and foster that and get to work and and not wait for some sort of, honestly, in my opinion, foofy inspiration <laughs> style thing. I mean, listen, if you're here to try and uh, figure out where to put your lightning rod, like this probably isn't the place for you. Right, but if, yeah. you're, if you're here to like build a tower, yeah, let's do that. <laughs> yeah, I, I agree. That's great. <laughs> That's really well said, man. Thank you. I, I think that ties into the idea of like, 
I mean, I, I just have a couple of notes here, really, of just like when I was thinking about this topic of of starting something new, because this is not like a new topic to me. Mm-hmm. I, I, I've I've written extensively on this, and I, I honestly haven't published some of it because it's like a little bit a little bit too cynical for me right now. Like, <laughs> like I, I wrote an open letter to the person with a new idea. Um, oh wow! Well, and the reason is like I like it. Like <laughs> the reason is like I get a lot. I mean, and on a smaller scale than most or than a lot of other people, I get a lot of people who p- come to me with ideas, who come to pitch me on stuff. And I think what we were getting at earlier was this idea of talking about a new thing. A lot of the people I talk to are talking about a new thing to hold themselves accountable, and they mm-hmm. haven't really thought through it. And they're not coming to me as like, you know, hey, like I've established what I think could be your role and your value. They're coming to me as like, hey, I have a thing. Like it's the best thing ever. What do you think it's of the like, thing I like? Yeah. I'm doing this thing. I haven't done it now, but I'm going to do it. And what do you think? It's going to be great, right? <laughs> yeah. So the thing I wanted to talk about was like seeing things past the excitement, excitement stage, mm-hmm. seeing things into the nitty gritty um, and knowing better, knowing better when things, I, I think that, I mean, that's a whole other show up, but really knowing when it's a good idea uh, or knowing when to like work through your first draft. I think early on as a writer, I was crutched by myself thinking like, Everything I wrote was like this purely inspired, like, you know, and yeah. I wrote like, you know, 500 words in two weeks and thought it was like golden. This is, no, it's bullshit. <laughs> you know, I should have been writing like a thousand words a day and it should, and I should have been like calling it and editing it because like really good creative people are prolific and, or at least intentional, right? Well, that's so, not something you can know. That's something you got to learn. Exactly. So I think that's an important, important thing when you're starting something new, not to like, you know, hide it out of fear. But to like really put the time in to understand what you're talking about and to like uh, frame that story and speak intelligently about the thing. And, and when I have somebody come to me, they think they're, I mean, not they think like, but, but a lot of times I get people coming with the posture that like they're doing me a favor by like considering including me on their project. And most of the time, you know, we talk about this like idea of getting really excited at something. And it's mostly people who are not necessarily, I don't say jaded enough, but not experienced enough to know what it really costs to make something or what. Right. It really, and I think there's a lot of value in being not naive, but like less jaded. But the problem is like, I get a lot of people coming to me like, oh yeah, like, oh, sorry, I don't have any money, but like, could you work on this thing? Like I'm doing <laughs> you a favor by line. And it's kind of like, ah, I don't know. This is like, uh, no, <laughs> like right. that's just, you know, so I, I don't really know where I was going with that besides to say like you need to get a sense of I don't I don't know the like I know you, the way you don't I have got to there. Tie it up, man. You well, you put it all you put all the thoughts out there. Like they'll speak yeah. for themselves, man. You're I right. to to like react to it, I just have to nod my head, man. I just agree <laughs> with I agree with everything you're saying. <laughs> um and it kind of transitions well into into my last words. Yeah, and there's so, a lot of last words. What's that? What? So many last words. I mean, <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, said so much. I want to talk. It's just such a, a it's a great topic. topic. I feel like it's maybe, still not exhausted. Maybe on our in our future shows show, uh, we'll talk about maybe revisiting topics we we liked a lot. Episode four. <laughs> uh, <all laughs> okay, right. sorry. So I can't believe. Well, we we might have mentioned it briefly, but. In, a, in an episode about starting new projects, we haven't talked about finishing projects. And, yeah. and so that's going to be its own show down the line. I can guarantee you that. Um, aye, aye. Aye, aye, aye. But what I want to talk about is this weird dichotomy 
where if you're going to start something you're serious about, you have to have an intention to finish it. At the same time, you can't let that vision, you can't let trying to figure out the vision of the final product stop you from starting. You can't be paralyzed with planning out every minute of the process. And you got to, and to kind of like really tie it back, you just got to start putting in time on it right away and trust Mm -hmm. that if you put in enough time, you'll find a finish in there somewhere. At least that's the approach I take. I mean, you know, you know, I'm right there with you. (laughs) I I mean, you know, you know, right. Like that it's, it's, it's tying back to the idea of just moving forward and evolving. And it's really tying back to something I think I was talking to, yeah, really right away. I was talking about that trusting the process and like thinking I was a failure. So yep. it's really, it's seeing past the excitement. It's putting it in, moving forward, like not knowing the exact end result, but knowing yes. that if you keep pushing and grinding, that you will get there. That's not to say you should do so inefficiently right. and like pointlessly, but, but maybe, like, maybe. You should yeah. start inefficiently. If you yeah. don't know how to do it more efficiently, maybe you should start inefficiently and learn as you go. Absolutely. It's easy Said to do so. though. Like at the same time, I'm sympathetic to people who get that sort of like beginner's paralysis because it's easy to kind of like get caught up in not knowing where it will go and not wanting to start down wrong paths. Mm-hmm. And like, I can sympathize, but at the same time, like you got to just get over it and you just got to do it. Somebody asked me the other day, they wrote me, <laughs> um, they wrote me and mm, sometimes I get, to, I get some emails and I've, I've tried to write like a longer blog post, like, oh, hey, this is like some sort of like a general overlay advice style email. But I got somebody who wrote me an email like, hey, Grant, um, which I fucking appreciate. And it's awesome. And I love like, you know, I really like emailing with people and it's saying it's cool. But um, this isn't like, hey, Grant, uh, I want to be a designer. Like, what should I do? That was the email. And it's like, no, no, no. I, hey, good. Like, you've reached yes. out. Okay? Yeah, I, I mean, mean, that was not, no. like, dismissive. Yeah, yeah. It was just like, I've yeah. gotten that email, and you know what? I've sent that email. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, that's the that's the weird, like, balance there where I'm like, yeah, okay. Like, this, you could have done this a little bit better. Um, but, but my response was, <laughs> hey, thanks for reaching out. If you want to be a designer... Semicolon design. <laughs> yeah, you know, maybe, yeah. like, like one, one more is there. Like, if you, if you have specific questions as you start like getting into it, it's the same I think idea with starting a project. If you want to start a project, start a project, and then figure out those steps and those efficiency points and those those ways to like make that very very real mm-hmm. as you go. But like, don't overanalyze the simplest step, which is just starting it. And and really, I think that's kind of the conclusion to this whole first episode. And I think, you know, to a lot of the stuff I think we're going to say is, like, you don't need to overthink starting something. You just need to start. You don't need to overthink becoming a writer or a designer or a director or a doctor. You just need to start moving forward. You need to take the first step and then figure out how to take better steps as you go. But But to think about that first step as this big, daunting, you know, Hey, listen, if you get to the blank page and that's paralyzing you, just fucking hit some letters on the keyboard (laughs) and you've started. Honestly, like that's all it takes. I'm not going to applaud you, but listen, that's all, that's all it takes. That's all it takes. And you know what? This show has been our mashing the keyboard. 
It has. And we started. And so here we are. Man, it's really, it's really meta, but it's like, I got to say, it's kind of beautiful. It's kind of cool, Vin. It's very cool. And can I get away with Vin? I don't know. I haven't figured that out yet. I'm going to green light Vin. <laughs> and look, we're figuring it out as we go. Vinny, I think, I think really, I think we can just, uh, I think we can ship it. I think we can. And that's a topic for a whole nother episode. <laughs> Until next week. <laughs> yeah, man. Hey, it's been good. It's been great. <laughs>